Hi, Spaghetti Heads. Christina here. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite cookbooks. And this episode is part of a series called The Cookbooks That You Need to Have. And this is part one of this series. The cookbook I'm talking about today is called The Best Homemade Kids Lunches on the Planet. And I've had this cookbook for about 10 years since my daughter was born. And it's by a woman named Laura Fuentes. And she goes by the handle Mamables. So if you want to Google her, mamables.com. She also has a personal page called laurafuentes.com. And I love this lady um, because she originally came from Spain. And she set up her, she came to the United States for college. And she ended up staying here. And she has these really great stories about how her abuela in Spain made all these wonderful meals and she brought them over to the U.S., but she actually took it a step further. She has three kids. Uh, they're all young, I think middle school and younger. And she has all kinds of finicky kids, kids with allergies, um, kids with food texture issues. So her recipes... I really, really love them. And I really love this book because these are really healthy recipes. They're really simple. You can be a beginner, intermediate or advanced uh, chef or cook. And there are so many, so many recipes in this book that even if you don't have kids, you could still make them for yourself. So if you go to an office, you can make all of these things for adults or for kids and a mixture of all of all of it. Um, one of the and I'm going to share with you the recipes that I absolutely love in this book. So I love them all. And I think all of them worked out for me except one, which was the falafel. But I think that was a user problem and not um, a Laura Fuentes problem. I've tried falafel before. I don't know. Maybe I just don't have the knack. I probably have to apprentice someone who's a falafel master if I'm going to make falafel. But anyway... The she divides it, you know, of course, into chapters. And the first chapter is called Get Out the Door Breakfasts to Go. And she has this great pancake recipe that is always 100% spot on. And she tells a little story about how she has her Auntie Colleen to thank for this recipe. Once while staying at her house, she made these beautiful pancakes with fresh blueberries from her farmer's market. They were fluffy, not overly sweet and easy to make. Um, and so what I do with this recipe, I double it. Sometimes I triple it if I'm feeling um, a little bit more, I don't know, if I have a lot of time. But I will almost always double it and then I will freeze them after I make them. And I make them into small pancakes. I don't do the big, large pancakes. First of all, my kids won't eat them. And secondly, they're a little bit easier to store and to eat for my kids. So I wouldn't say they're... Um, they're a silver dollar size, but they're definitely in between silver dollar and the big ones that you might get in a diner. And really all there is to it is flour, baking powder, salt, a little bit of sugar, which is optional, some milk. And I tell you, I've, I've used non-dairy milk in this for 10 years and it's been absolutely fine. Uh, I've used almond milk in this one. One egg, some butter and maple syrup for serving. Now my son can't have eggs, so I will substitute the one egg for a flax egg. And if you don't know how to make it, a flax egg is simply one tablespoon of flax meal mixed up with three tablespoons of water. So that's the ratio. One tablespoon of flax, three tablespoons of water, and you mix it up, let it gel for about five minutes, and then you just pour it into the batter like it were a regular egg. And for the butter, I always substitute coconut oil because my daughter has a dairy allergy and you, it's not even, you can't even taste the coconut oil in it. 
and you wouldn't even know that it's made with coconut oil because they are so really good. Uh, she also has kitchen notes at the bottom, and she adds that if you substitute 100% whole wheat flour, then you have to add an additional teaspoon of baking powder and additional tablespoon of milk. She also says that you can do 50% whole wheat flour and or half all-purpose or half whole wheat, and you would add a half a teaspoon of baking powder. So let me say that again. For 50% whole wheat flour, you half the all-purpose and then half the whole wheat, and then you add one half a teaspoon of baking powder. You can use a gluten-free flour mix, a one-to-one -one ratio for that. And for the flax, you can add a quarter cup of ground flax and remove a quarter cup of the flour, plus add a half a teaspoon of baking powder. She also says you can add mashed bananas or blueberries. I mean, she's really great with options and substitutions too. The other reason why I love this cookbook, all of her cookbooks actually, she has four and I have all four, is she always puts the metric system measurements. So if you live anywhere outside of the United States in the world, you're going to use a metric system. So she always uses grams and milliliters and things like that, in addition to the American measurements of one and a half cups, teaspoons, all that stuff. And if you're a baker, lots of bakers, they measure by weight instead of by um, the American cups. So that was one of the all-time favorite recipes that I love. The second recipe that I love that she makes is still in the breakfast section and she calls them kitchen sink muffins and basically it's just a quick bread muffin but she lists one two three four five different options that you can add to these muffins and one of the some of the add-ins are fresher frozen fruit some nuts dried fruit ground cinnamon chocolate chips and I've made almost all of these variations and they are so so good she doesn't use any eggs in this muffin recipe instead she uses flax meal and applesauce but it is so so good and of course I make them and then I freeze them for later and they're really good for breakfast on the go or sometimes I put them in my kids snack boxes and sometimes I'll put them in my kids' lunch boxes, so it really depends on, on what they like. Let's see, another recipe here, and I have the book in front of me, I'm flipping through. The third recipe that I love are called the breakfast cookies, and these come out really, really big, and they're really hearty and healthy, and you wouldn't, when you hear cookie, you're thinking, oh, that's not really a breakfast food. Not really, but she turns them into a breakfast cookie. She has them chock full of peanut butter. And of course, you can substitute any non-nut butter if you need to do that for allergies. She has oats in there, some flaxseed again, uh, vanilla protein, or you could substitute collagen peptides if you don't have that. And then, of course, the add-ins, dried fruit, raisins, uh, chocolate chips, and they come out really big and they're really hearty and they last a long time in the belly and they stave off hunger for your kids while in school or even for yourself. They're really, really, really good. So I love those cookies as well. The other thing that she has, she um, one of the other chapters she has is called Fill the Box Sandwiches and More. So she puts things like little pinwheels. She teaches you how to make PB&J pinwheels. One of the things I love is the fruit leather. I had never made fruit leather until I bought her cookbook. And it is so easy. If you have a dehydrator or if you don't, that's fine because you can also make it in the oven. You can use, uh, you can set your oven at between 
150 degrees and 200 degrees and you just make like a syrup with with the whatever dried fruit that's in the back of your refrigerator or the back of your freezer that you haven't touched in three months, you make a little syrup out of it by putting in the fruit in a small pan with some honey. You melt it down some, you strain it through a fine mesh sieve, and then you spread it either in the dehydrator or on a parchment lined baking sheet in your oven. And it comes out so, so good. And I've made it each and every time and each time it comes out great. The other thing while I love this, why I love this lady is because she actually tests her recipes. How many times have you gone to a recipe on the internet and you make the recipe and you think, oh my gosh, this person didn't even try it. So that happens to me. That happened to me a lot and it still does. And I get so mad. But the reason why I love this lady is because she does actually test it more than once and she tweaks it until it comes out right. And then when it comes out right, she does it again. And I don't know how many other times to make sure that it is a solid, correct recipe for everybody to try. Uh, so the fruit leather is outstanding. What else does she have in here? Oh, she has your DIY taco seasoning. And this is the one that I make all the time. So I hate going and buying taco seasoning already made from the grocery store because it is filled with so many fillers and preservatives and chemicals that I can't pronounce. And here she she put in her own homemade taco seasoning, which has chili powder, ground cumin, paprika, salt, black pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, and dried oregano. And it is so good. And it makes uh, nine tablespoons at a time. So whenever I make tacos at home, I'll just whip out my seasoning here and put it in there. And then when I run out, it is so easy to make. So I love her, her DIY seasonings. What else? Oh, yeah, fried rice. So I would always have a problem with fried rice. I never knew what order things to put things in. And it would always come out not really that good. <laughs> so when I read her fried rice recipe, it was really a game changer for me because she has a little blurb in here that says she got this fried rice recipe from one of her dad friends. And the dad friend said, there are no measurements to follow when making fried rice, just some simple rules such as use leftover rice, don't skip the egg, add lots of stuff, and be sure to make fried rice in a particular order. So he actually shows you, well, she does in this recipe, what to do first, second, and third, and so on until until the end when you have fried rice. And I'm telling you, it is so, so good. And I've made it with white rice and brown rice and jasmine rice. And I forgot, brown rice, all kinds of rice I made it with. And each time it comes out so spectacularly good. And it's really easy to make, really, really, really easy to make. The other recipes that I love in here that she that she lists are the quick breads. She has a blueberry bread, a lemon bread, peanut butter bread, and a banana bread. And this banana bread recipe I've been making for 10 years, and it is the best banana res bread recipe I've ever had. And I know there's a million ways to make banana bread. And a lot of people say, oh, this my way is the best way. And I'm sure it is. Because once you have it down, once you have your recipe down, and once you have it memorized, it is so, so good. This one here, I always make a double batch. So I don't make a little loaf pan. I double the batch and I put it in a greased 9 by 13 baking dish. And I bake that for between 30 and 35 minutes. So if you wanted to try that, make a double batch. Just put it in a 9 by 13, 30 to 35 minutes stick a toothpick in there. When the toothpick comes out dry, then it's done. Then I highly recommend you do that with your favorite banana bread recipe or use the one in here. I also make my banana bread recipe with flax eggs. 
I add coconut oil instead of butter, and I also add some collagen peptide protein powder. So that way, uh, my kids get a little bit more nutrition while they are eating it. And I love it. And the peanut butter bread is really, really good as well. She also has a recipe for cornbread muffins. I'm on team sweet cornbread, but I know some people are on team savory cornbread. So whatever you like, you can either omit the, the sweetener or you can leave it in. Whatever your choice is, it is so good. And the sweetener that she uses in here is honey. So she doesn't use cane sugar, which you can. She uses honey and it's absolutely amazing. You can also use maple syrup too. And these came out, these come out great each and every time I have made them. One other recipe that I love also in here is homemade chocolate syrup. Every time I go to the store and I look at the ingredients for these chocolate syrups, I always see corn syrup or high fructose corn syrup and it makes me mad, mad, mad. But this recipe here has five ingredients. It's sugar, cocoa powder, cornstarch, water, and vanilla extract. That is it. If you don't want to use sugar, you can use monk fruit or coconut sugar or date sugar. That will totally suffice. If you don't want to use cornstarch, then you can totally use tapioca starch too. And that will yield you the same um, delicious chocolate syrup, even more delicious than you would buy in the store. And this recipe yields about two thirds of a cup. So what I do is I use it and I put it in my regular almond milk for my kids and I stir it around and it's like they have chocolate almond milk and it's so good. You can also use it for, I don't know, drizzling it on maybe muffins or maybe uh, a peanut butter bread or anything that you can think of. She also has great smoothie recipes in here. She has a chapter called staples, drinks, treats, and more. And in the smoothie recipe chapter, she has flourless chocolate cookies and I've made these and they are so delicious. The ingredients are peanut butter, brown sugar, egg, vanilla, water, cocoa powder, flaxseed, and baking soda. And that's it. Uh, and you just cook them for, let's see, about 10 minutes at 350. So these are just some of the highlighted recipes from this entire cookbook that I absolutely love. Eventually, I'll, I'll go through all four of hers because I use them on a daily basis and I never really imagined that I would. But these are really a lifesaver. It's called, again, The Best Homemade Kids Lunches on the Planet by Laura Fuentes. And I can't say enough good things about her. I'll put the link in the show notes. This is not an affiliate link, so I don't make any uh, commission or any money off of uh, these books if you go to the link in, in my description. I'm so interested about what your favorite cookbook is these days. And I have a whole bunch and I go through phases. So if you're going through a phase in your cookbook a collection, please tell me what it is. You can email me at info at downstairs for dinner, or you can text me and I'll put the, my phone number in the show notes too. I can't remember it at the moment <laughs> as I'm recording. So I'll see you later. Ciao for now. And uh, yeah. All right. Thanks.